1: presented by t-mobile the official wireless partner of odyssey sports with an awesome network and great savings there's never been a better time to join t-mobile visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today you're listening to the writer than you podcast good morning everybody my name is bart winkler in for bill writer for one final day here this week and last week bill will be back tomorrow In his rightful place on CBS Sports Radio and on stations across the country. Great to be here for Bill today. Great to be here if your favorite local radio man is off today. Uh, Good to be here. We'll be with you for the next couple hours. Me and Chris Hess taking care of things for you on this July 4th. And we'll start there. Happy 4th of July. Happy Independence Day. Uh, Depending on where you live, maybe your town has the fireworks tonight. Some had the fireworks Last night there's a lot of parades today. I was driving into the studio today. It's about a 20 minute drive from my house. Nothing crazy, traffic very light, but the uh so I live in Milwaukee. Well, I live in like a little tiny suburb of Milwaukee. So I go through Milwaukee then to another little tiny suburb of Milwaukee and the road was shut down that I needed to use to get to work. And I didn't know what to do there were there were cops there was There was uh, blockades. I thought something happened. And then I I park and I'm in the middle of the street parked and a cop says it'll just be a second. And then we waited for this like 80 year old woman to walk across the street. There was some sort of 5K going on at like 730 local time in the morning on the 4th of July. I don't know. I I, I did see. So I looked at her and I, I thought that's very nice. She got up and did this event. And then I saw a, a dad with his daughter and they were also partaking in the event. I don't know that I want to be ever wake up early on the holiday to go run guy. You know, that, that that's become very popular on Thanksgiving. There's Turkey trots all over America. People get up on Thanksgiving. People get up on Thanksgiving. I guess on Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, Maybe it makes sense, and maybe it makes sense today on a day where you think you're just going to hang out and eat a bunch to go and get a sweat in in the morning. I don't know, though. I don't know that I want to be like, wake up on a holiday guy. Holiday, holiday, sleep in a little bit. You know, have a have a few the night before. You know, enjoy yourself, not get up and run a 5K. So I, I don't know. I I saw this dad and his young kid, and I've got a young kid, and I thought, that's, I, I did for a minute say, that's the kind of dad I want to be. And then I thought, nah, I don't want, want to do that. But I, for a minute I thought that. For a minute I thought that. I want to be early wake-up dad guy, 5K guy. Man, I don't even like running like around the backyard chasing my kid being the monster. What, what, what are we going to do, be doing a 5K together? But for a fleeting moment on this patriotic day. Uh, I did think about a different lifestyle that I could be living. One lifestyle I won't be living today is that of buying my own fireworks. I talked about this a little yesterday. I would like to reiterate it today. I would just like to reiterate, first and foremost, a non-controversial opinion about fireworks. Just be safe, please. Just be safe. Most of you live in communities where they have professionals that do a great display they, on their riverfront or lakefront or downtown park, wherever it may be, they spend a bunch of money for a 30-minute show that is just as good as it can be. Unless you're San Diego 12 years ago and you happen to light all the fireworks off at once uh, and it's like the loudest minute of your life that happened. But let let the fireworks, leave that up to the pros, Okay. And be safe if you do decide to have your own mini firework show in your backyard or your street. Leave that up to the pros. I remember we were, the street I grew up on, we were a very tight street. It was just like one street. It was kind of blocked off both ways. I mean, it had access, but not a lot of people drove on it. And we kind of had this little community. We had block parties and we always got together with our neighbors on the 4th of July, and we would have the little sparkles, the sparklers, and we'd do that little snake that then, like, permanently indented itself on the sidewalk. And we had this one neighbor. He lived kitty corner from us. We had this one neighbor that year after year wanted to get bigger and bigger. And he basically was trying to rival the sort of fireworks display that you could go see 10 blocks down at our local park. He wanted to have that on his street. Keep in mind at the park, there's open sky, and it's safe, and it's professionals. People are wearing gloves. This guy just buys all the fireworks all year round, waits for the deals, and there's houses, there's trees above them. And at one point, I think uh, we finally got wise that, you know, maybe we should just all go walk to the park together. But he was just like, he would light the firework and stand right over it. He would like the firework and we're, we're not talking like a little firework. We're talking blaster 8,000, you know, the numbers get bigger, triple X, some of these fireworks, if you go to a firework store, they're called like devil's inferno and the murderer. I mean, it's telling, it's telling you, it's telling you how bad the firework is. So just be safe. If you're someone who buys these things, I'm not going to ruin your party. Be safe. I will tell you the more controversial take is if you are someone that spends money on fireworks, you are spending money on a real quick moment. It comes and it goes. You might take a video on your phone. You're never going to watch it. You have no right to complain about anything financially the rest of the year. That's, that's my controversial take. If you spend money on fireworks, you have no right to to complain about what anything else costs the rest of the year. If your cable bill goes up two bucks, can't complain about it. If you have to tip somebody at a kiosk that you're not used to tipping and you feel awkward, all right, I'll give 10%. Why am I tipping? Can't complain about it. Because you waste money on the biggest money waster of them all, fireworks. So that's my more controversial take but just be safe if you are using the fireworks at your home today uh big sports day we've got summer league action going on in the nba so got to see chet Holmgren in action last night maybe you watched summer league on july 3rd maybe you just saw a highlight maybe you didn't know that it was happening all are fine we've got uh mls has a loaded slate today major league soccer including the two los angeles teams are going to play at the rose bowl today And they expect some 90,000 people. That would be a Major League Soccer record. The Gold Cup tournament in soccer is still continuing. USA does not play. Maybe a missed opportunity there. But Canada and Cuba play today. So you can check out them. Uh, That's on TV a little bit later today. And then a full slate of baseball, thankfully. Only Only had 10 games yesterday. There were 10 teams that did not play. I griped about that 24 hours ago. But everybody's in action, including a game here within the next hour. The Reds and Nationals play. So in Washington, D.C., they play a little earlier. I think that's great. Take advantage. Capitalize. People are going to want to come out and watch the baseball today, especially in a place like Washington, D.C., nation's capital, nation holiday. Check that out. And then, of course, and then, of course, Joey Chestnut and the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. I have no strong opinion on it. I suppose that I will watch it if it's on. Um, You know, I I think the novelty's worn off a little bit in what these guys do. Eating as many hot dogs as they can. This is branched from a unique event to a full-fledged sport. I tweeted about it yesterday, and I got a few people really upset that this is not a sport. Hot dog eating's not a sport. Competitive eating's not a sport you know, fine, but there is a league called major league eating and they do treat it as if these guys are athletes and if they are sports. sport. So I, I don't know. It seems to be the big sporting event of the day, whether you believe it's a sport or not. I would think that Joey Chestnut is more athletic than I am. He can do something with his body that I can't ingest 70 hot dogs and live to tell about it. That's pretty impressive in and of itself. That's got to be the most disgusting thing. You know, you may have been in a competitive eating contest or you and your buddies may have at one point eaten food and been like, how many, how fast can I eat these wings? Or if I eat the steak in 60 minutes, it's free, you know, and you're still tasting it. You're still, you're still eating it. You get the sensation of feeling full. Watch how he eats these 70 hot dogs in the 10 minutes. They don't, they don't even eat them. They, I don't know how this guy can eat hot dogs. Any other time of the year. Does he ever sit down and eat a hot dog for taste? He can't. They guzzle these things down. They basically swallow them whole, let the body do the work. At some point in his body, there's like 60 full hot dogs floating around, plus plus all of the the buns. You got to eat the bun. And they put that in the water, and it deteriorates, and then they slam that down their face. So it's not something I'm envious of. It's a very interesting skill. And Joey Chestnut has become, who was the guy before him? Kobayashi, I think. Kobayashi was the guy that he eventually stole the the title from and became like the hot dog guy. He's a millionaire. He's got his own line of hot dogs and ketchup and mustard. And it's a great life if you can have it. It just doesn't seem to be something that a lot of us would want to do. But it's a, it's something a lot of us watch, 30,000 people are going to flood the area, Coney Island. There's going to be millions that watch it and millions that watch it at home. And it's the event of the day. It really is. Now, what's crazy about this, too, is 20 years ago when this started, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, it was, oh, okay, I'm going to watch this hot dog eating contest, see if he breaks the record, see if anybody can challenge him. And the answer is usually yes, and then the answer to the other questions usually no. But now, in this day and age that we're in, where everything is gambling, I, I was reading full-blown articles, and I listened to a deep, a detailed podcast of breaking down the who's and why's of how some of these like bets should be handled today. So, for Joey Chestnut, the big issue is the over and under. Okay, The over and under, I believe, is 73 and a half hot dogs that he's going to eat in 10 minutes. The sharps are all taking the under because last year he only had 60 and he maybe doesn't need to eat that many. He could go for the world record. I think that's closer to 76 or 79, but the over under 73 and a half on the women's side, it's Miki Sudo. The world record is 48 and a half. And the over under, I believe is somewhere in the low forties. And this is, this is analysis that I read about her efforts to try to go and hit the over-under. This is from thelines.com. Miki is not fresh off having a baby like last year. Her hand is healed. Her hand was hurt, I guess. And she's less vocal this year with the media about her quest to get to 50. If you remember last year, she was dropping 50 hot dogs at practice and was very vocal about her desire to get to that number while breaking the world record again it was just never going to happen given all that she was dealing with and the under cruised this year i think she's lying in the weeds she's saying very little consuming mid 40s in every practice by all accounts and i think she is set to have a great day on the 4th so there you go there's full bre- the the breakdown that you would expect for patriots dolphins in week 5 in terms of mac jones versus the dolphins And Devontae Parker versus old team. And the Dolphins trend against the spread. And Mike McDaniel coming off of a short week. All that stuff you can get if you want to for hot dogs. You can get if you want to for the hot dog eating contest. Now, the play is over-unders. That's the play. Because these two are such overwhelming favorites. In fact, I think the line is now minus 5,000. Somebody DraftKings was talking about this yesterday. Somebody got Joey Chestnut, got Joey Chestnut at -4000. So what does that mean? Well, a user on their account placed $2000 on -4000 odds. So that means they bet $2000. The potential payout is $2000 and then an extra $50. So it's bet 2000 to win 50. Somebody bet $2,000 that Joey Chestnut will win. And it seems like these are pretty good odds. And if you have the money, do it. Now, you are taking the risk that he loses, although there doesn't seem to be any competition for Joey. Uh, You are taking the risk that maybe he, like, gets sick and puts some of the hot dogs back on the table, maybe. Or he comes up with an injury, or I don't know. You're taking the risk, obviously, when you bet. But the odds are so overwhelming that somebody bet $2,000 and would only get $50 back. So if, if he wins, hey, it's, a, it's the easiest $50 you ever made. If you lose, man, you got some life decisions that you got to talk about. I did try online to have a little bit of a discussion yesterday about, and, and let me let me try to have this real discussion, like we would like we would talk about sports. Is Joey Chestnuts, here, I'll, I'll, get, in, I'll get into the character of a radio guy, so I'm thinking, Joey Chestnut is going for his umpteenth victory in a row. Is Joey Chestnut's dominance in this sport is it good for the sport of hot dogs and competitive eating? Eight five five two one two four two two seven. Because because where we're at here is we know he's going to win, and he's always like racing against himself in the over under. Is it time that a challenger emerges? Would it be better for the long term growth of the sport if a challenger emerged for Joey Chestnut? or is his dominance greater than the Celtics of the 60s, greater than the Yankees of the 20s, greater than the Patriots of now? Is his dominance what keeps us coming back? 855212 or 227. Uh it's a ridiculous question to frame when it comes to competitive eating, but it is I do kind of have like I I am kind of curious about it. We're watching today to see if Joey Chestnut can break a record and hit his over under. We're not watching to see if anyone can beat him. Would, would competitive eating take off more if if there were more challengers or are we just watching for Joey Chestnut? I actually I do that that is a real question that is a real question I I disguise myself as a is a, a bit to try to get the question through the weeds here but I, I do have that question would competitive eating be more uh, desired and watched if if Joey Chestnut hit real competition? if you want to chime in on that, if you're foolish enough, you can. Otherwise, we'll talk some NBA coming up here. I'm Bart Winkler, 855-212-4227. In for Bill Ryder on this 4th of July, CBS Sports Radio.
2: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. CBS Sports Radio. My name is Bart Winkler, and for Bill Ryder, he will return tomorrow I'll be in tomorrow uh covering DA's show so that's a uh, six to ten eastern that's five a m my time which means i should get up should get up by three i'll probably get up at four <laughs> uh i've done morning radio i it's it's no problem it's just it's been a while since i've done an early morning show so uh i am a little i am a little nervous <laughs> about getting up tomorrow but i'm gonna tire myself out just like i try to do with my kids so he goes to bed early we're gonna go to the park we're gonna run around we're gonna go to the parade Go in the hot hot sun i'm gonna make sure i pass out by eight o'clock tonight when we put him to sleep eight five five two one two four two two seven eight five five two one two four cbs bill is in south florida bill whereabouts in south florida my parents live in punta gorda
3: sarasota
1: Oh, all right. You know, my parents, they live in Florida. You know where they are today of all days? They're in Canada today. Those unpatriotic sons of guns. I know.
3: Oh, well, it's the humidity down here. That's why they're up north.
1: Yeah, they live in a neighborhood where I think during the summer, they are the only ones that stay. Everybody else either gets in the RV and drives around the country or they have a place up north or somewhere
3: to go. What's up, Bill? It's all snowboards down here, and you know that. Yeah, yeah. What's up? Yeah. Oh, uh, listen. Uh, just chiming in on that Joey Chestnut uh, BS. I tend to agree with you, and I agree with Jonathan this morning, who's from Cleveland, uh, hosting the show. That I, it, it's not a sport. It's just eating hot dogs to fill your belly. You're not athletic enough, like a like a college football player, an ice hockey, a baseball, football. It, it's not a sport. I don't know why they call it that. I tune into it every 4th of July, but only to see the results. And we know he's going to break the record. He does it every year. And I agree with what you said earlier that there should be more competition. And, you know, so it makes it intriguing instead of a runaway every year with Chestnut and it, previously with Kobayashi. I, I just. I never could understand How is
1: there that. only how is there only one guy that's that good? How how is there only one like everybody else that does it is gonna eat in the forties today, but there's one guy that can hit the seventies? How is that how has there not been another guy that can step up? Real
3: question. Yeah, well it if you and I had the answer to that, we'd be rich. But I <laughs> I, I really have no no conception of, of how he's so far far and above the field. When they train all year for this event, I just don't yeah. get it. I
1: don't yeah. get it. It's pretty nuts. But hey, stay cool or whatever you got to do. Bill, good to talk to you, bud.
3: Oh, thank good you boy. very much. Happy 4th of July.
1: Happy 4th. That's Bill down in South Florida. You guys can chime in at any time. 855 212 cbs Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we can get into the discussion. Is it a sport? Is it not a sport? um e s p n covers it so they kind of make it a sport i I've tried to determine like basically anything that there's competition to that I can't do i I do respect the, a lot of people ask is 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 nascar a sport i don't know those guys are sitting in that car for six hours and driving at two hundred miles an hour and the physical endurance that they have to go through I can't do that, even like golfers today you look at golfers today. They are some of the most, like, toned-up, cut guys. Like, they work out, you know, and that's certainly, I think, a sport. Baseball, like Babe Ruth, could he play today? What would Babe Ruth be today with that physical stature? You know, we've gotten more progress in advance, of course, but uh, this is this is a competition. Certainly it's a competition, and they can do things that, that I can't do. Uh, I don't know. We can debate if it's a sport or not. I just, you know, I just wonder... Why one guy is so good at it and nobody else can be? Maybe only one guy's that stupid enough to try to be that good at it, or maybe it's like a a freak thing within his body where the genetics are quite a way that he can fit seventy hot dogs in his in his belly. I don't know. They uh, were talking. I was reading some of the breakdown on this. Not to spend a half hour on the hot dog eating contest, but why not? Happy Fourth of July. But one of the reporters that covers it says the average American. Eat 70 hot dogs in a year. No, there's no way that's true. I don't even know. Have I had have I had 70 hot dogs since I was 13? I don't know. Hot dogs seem to be, like even if I go to a baseball game, I never get a hot dog. I get a bratwurst or an Italian sausage or a chorizo. I don't know if I get hot dogs. Hot dogs are very popular in the Chicago area where people put all the different condiments on them. Man, and then there's the whole shaming about food. Like, I was at a, I was at a cookout, and I had a hot dog, and just, you know, I, I put some ketchup on it, and people are, oh, you can't put ketchup on it. Put on, put on what you like. Put, put, put fruit on your pizza. Put, put condiments on your hot dog. It shouldn't be that hard. I suppose we could give you the latest on Damian Lillard. I suppose we could do that. It's very interesting in the NBA where a lot of the free agency has happened it starts and then it ends we wait a whole week for free agency to open and then everybody signs in the first three hours because of the legal tampering or the the pre-agency or whatever they're trying to call it uh, but there is a lot of there is a lot of discussions that happen that's why guys sign right away at 501 when free agency opens at five o'clock and then now there's been another wave of you know smaller contracts and Eric Gordon going to the Suns, or Malik Beasley going to Milwaukee. We still have two very, very big fish that need a new pond, and that would be James Harden in Philly and Damian Lillard in um, Portland. Now, could there be a swap for the two? I I guess, although James Harden is not going to want to go to uh, Portland, I would assume, and I believe he is more of a no-trade situation, Uh, but Damian certainly does not. And so what happened was, and we talked about this yesterday, this decade long of them supporting each other and not supporting each other, and the, the Blazers are loyal to Dame, and, and Dame's loyal to the Blazers, and now he wants out, but now he's focused on the Heat. There was a report yesterday that he only wants to play for the Miami Heat, Damian Lillard does, but the Portland Trail have no, they, they have no reason other than doing their guy a solid To to send him there. They should be sending him where they can get the best package for him. That's what they should be doing. The problem is with Portland and this new GM that's come in, Cronin, they have not done a good job the last couple of years in trying to rebuild this team. They did get the third pick, so they got Scoot Henderson, so that was kind of a, a parachute for them. And maybe he should have been too... Other drafts, he would have been one. But they have this new guy that they can build around in in Scoot Henderson. But what they should have done, what Portland should have done, was not sign Dame to a big extension, and they should have moved on from him and tried to trade him a couple of years ago. They started this rebuild sort of process a couple of years ago, February of 2022. At the deadline, they sent a lot of their guys out. They were a team that was making the playoffs consistently, They were getting to the second round a few times, made one Western Conference Finals. But other than that, they've been doing a very bad job of getting further than that. And since they decided to kind of retool or reset or regroup or rebuild or whatever word that these teams are are happy with nowadays, it's like you can never, you can't say rebuild anymore. Rebuild means, you know, you're starting from scratch and teams teams don't want that because then fans get mad and fans don't want that because they don't want to be in a period where they're bad but they haven't made any good deals like what happened in portland was we're going to we're going to take a bit of a back step to rebuild it up dame do you want to be here dame says i'm loyal the blazers say all right so are we and let's do this together but since then here's a rundown of what's happened with the portland trail blazers they sent out norman powell and robert covington february trade deadline of last year to the clippers They got back Eric Bledsoe, who didn't play for a minute. They got back Justice Winslow, who played 40 games, got traded, and is a free agent. They got Keon Johnson, who looked to be a decent piece, but he's only played 62 games, averaging 15 minutes. So bad trade there. They then also traded C.J. McCollum, Larry Nance, and Tony Snell to New Orleans. They got back Josh Hart, played 64 games, and they traded him away. Uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. He was traded almost immediately, as was Tomas Sadoransky. They got a future first-round pick that was involved in a trade for Jeremy Grant. The Blazers sent Sadoransky and Alexander Walker to the Spurs and the Jazz. They got back Joe Ingles, who never played for them. They got back Elijah Hughes, who never played for them. They got a second-round pick in Jabari Walker, who played 619 minutes. They also made another trade to get Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant might be the one salvageable thing of this whole thing and then they gave him a lot of money Jeremy Grant is a good player is he a five-year 160 million dollar player I don't know they also then sent Gary Payton the second and two first-round picks out they got back Kevin Knox who played 21 games and is a free agent all these trades that they have made have not improved their team the team is worse than where it was back in 2022 they also fired in that time this was in a new regime. This was the Chauncey Billups era. So he's been the coach for two years outside of Terry Stotts. And they have not won. I think they won 33 games and 25 games. So Damian Lillard has been loyal, and now he's in a position where he wants out after he's seen this for two years. But he, his desired place, his desired place is fine, but Portland's got no incentive to trade him there because it is the worst possible package that can be sent back. Out of all the teams that can afford to swing something, the Nets have picks, the Sixers have picks, the Clippers could maybe do something. The Heat can send you a couple of seconds and Tyler Hero, and that that that's a fine package for someone else. That's not what you're supposed to get back for Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard should have been traded a couple of off seasons ago. That's what Portland should have done. But maybe Damien was too much wanting to be loyal. Maybe the Blazers were trying to keep that consistency. They both sides got too loyal to each other. They screwed up. And now Damien is going to end up somewhere where he doesn't want to be. And the Portland Trail Blazers are going to get a lot less return for what they could have gotten. And I think sometimes when you have these situations, we've seen it with Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal, fine. They got Chris Paul, ended up getting Jordan Poole. Bradley Beal two years ago would have got a lot more than that. And that's what maybe some of these other teams are going to run into when you have a superstar for so long and it's not working. At some point, you have to trade him. The Packers and Aaron Rodgers got a couple of picks. The The trade they could have got for him last year after an MVP season would have been much, much uh, greater. And it's always it's always that weird breakup. The longer you're there, the harder it is to separate from each other, team and player, and now Portland's got to try to figure out what to do. 855 212 Hasn't been that great of a run for him in uh, Portland either when he was there. We'll take a look at his all-time teammates. There are some names on this list that you have completely forgotten about. Also want to talk about baseball. A lot of injuries cropping up in the last 48 hours to all-stars. Not great. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. CBS Sports Radio. My name is Bart Winkler. In for Bill Ryder. Today on this 4th of July. Be with you for another hour and change. Might get to the local village parade today. I was telling my son he's about to turn four about uh, what we might do today. He's Right now he's at uh, the beach with his mom. Uh, And I'll go see them later today. My wife, my son. I live in Milwaukee. There's a beach here. We're right on a great lake. Hey, you guys across the country, you can't, you're sleeping on how great these great lakes are. I'm telling you. Uh, you, got, you got to get out to one at some point. Okay. So I told him we're going to go to a parade. And it's like your local small town. It's as, it's as small of a parade as it can be. There might be somebody from a local TV station, like their ninth anchor. There might be like one guy on a bike, like a, a tall unicycle kind of thing. Is Paw Patrol going to be there? <laughs> no, no. Is PJ Masks going to be there? No. Is Mickey going to be there? No, son. It's literally going to be like the sixth grade class, uh, little league team. Oh. Are the Avengers going to be there? <laughs> no. So maybe, maybe he thinks he's going to the Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade. Maybe, maybe we're better off, uh, Not taking him. It might rain, so hopefully maybe it does, and then we can spare the disappointment. Uh, We'll tell him, oh, yeah, you know, I think he's going to be less disappointed if it rains than if he goes there, and none of his favorite cartoon characters are there. One last thing about Damian Lillard. I saw this tweet, and this is a very interesting tool on basketball reference, pro basketball reference. Uh, You can check it out, and they've got stats and, and history and all that kind of stuff, but Damian Lillard... This run that he had in Portland, it's not like he was with a big three. It's not like he was with a great running mate. The player that he's played the most with is C.J. McCollum. You might guess that, 572 games. The second player is Myers Leonard at 400 games. The third player is Al Farouk Aminu, Mo Harkless, Yusef Nurkic, Nick Batum, Anthony Simons, Alan Crabby. LaMarcus Aldridge, Evan Turner. So they haven't really done, with all due respect to those 10 individuals, they haven't really done a great job of building a team around him. I like that tool on basketballreference.com. I was using it recently. We were talking about Carmelo Anthony and Hall of Fame and and that stuff, and I thought Carmelo Anthony was never really on a a dynamic team either. Carmelo Anthony's all-time leading teammate in terms of games played, J.R. Smith, second was Nene, then Kenyon Martin, Marcus Camby, and then Andre Miller, Earl Boykins, Birdman. Not a great run for him either. So interesting tool that you can use at basketballreference.com. One of the teammates for Shohei Otani is Mike Trout, although for now there could be the situation where Shohei Otani gets traded uh, I've been, you know, following the Angels. I think that a Shohei Otani trade could shake up baseball in a in a monumental way, a monumental way. We're already thinking that he will not re-sign with the Angels. He could, but we're already thinking and big market teams with big payrolls are salivating about his impending free agency. Whether it's New York, whether it's the Yankees or the Mets or another East Coast team, uh, there seems to be more of an inkling that he'd rather stay on the West Coast. You could be looking at any of the teams up and down the coast. From Seattle to San Diego, they could spend some more money and have a eight-game under five hundred record. You could look at the Dodgers cross town. You could look at the Giants uh, get a lot of play for that. So I don't know where Shohei is going to end up. I don't know where his next jersey is going to be. But if the Angels do decide to move on from him, There could be another team completely outside of that realm. It could be the Baltimore Orioles. It could be, oh, I don't know, the Tampa Bay Rays are kind of tired of building this way, and they'll send some prospects. They need to get a World Series. Rays have been so good. Been in a couple World Series. Uh, You always forget about them. You joke about their payroll, and then they're always finding a way to lead the AL East. Maybe they go for a splash. Maybe it's a team like... The Cincinnati Reds say, screw it, let's do it. We're in a position here we didn't think we'd be in, or Arizona. We don't know. There, there could be a trade for Shohei Otani if the Angels get to a point where things aren't going well for them. And for most of the season, things were going pretty well for them. I don't think they're going to win the AL East. It looks like the Texas Rangers, um, or West rather. they're definitely not going to win the AL East. I will be very confident to tell you the Angels will not win the AL East. Now, they could win the AL West. But they are on a little bit of a losing streak here, losing again last night, and the uh club is currently three games over five hundred, six back of the Rangers. What I think the Angels would prefer to do is stay in some sort of contention, whether it's for the wild card or the division, and get at least one postseason run out of Shohei Otani. They have not had a postseason run with Shohei. They've not had a winning record with Shohei Otani even. Not even a winning record. This year, they're inkling towards that, but it would take something you know, pretty drastic for them to, to move Shohei, and something drastic may have happened last night with an injury to Mike Trout. Mike Trout, in the eighth inning, departed last night's game with an apparent injury. He later told reporters that he was going to get x-rays on his left wrist. I'm just praying the results come back clean. It doesn't feel great. Hopefully, it's just a sprained wrist. If he is going to miss an extended amount of time, that is completely going to change what is going on with Los Angeles. And I really think that for baseball, I really think it would be great if we could get one playoff series with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani on the Angels in it. I mean, that moment in the World Baseball Classic where they faced each other and Shohei got the better of Trout – that was so great not just because they were the two best players in the league but because they were also teammates and they've had this run here where yes they have been putting up massive numbers and Shohei's going to win the MVP and Mike Trout's been an MVP and this team doesn't have a winning record to show for it and it's like having two stars in basketball and going you know 30 and 52 it's a little different because of you know how much the usage rate is and on a basketball player in and, and Shohei, although even though he is pitching, there's still eight other guys that bat. You know, There's still eight other guys that are in that lineup before it gets to him. But imagine having a team of two, two of the greatest to do it. It'd be like the Kobe and Shaq Lakers winning 35 games. It, it, it would, it's unfathomable. And you've got two of the greatest to ever do it on the same club, and they have not been able to find uh, the recipe to have even a winning record, much less the playoffs, but a winning record. So I think the Angels, if they do, they'll have the money. They'll be able to spend it. It's a big market, and uh, you know ownership there will throw out some money. They they've locked out Mike Trout for a long time, but if they want to keep Shohei Otani, I think they have to prove that they can win. At some point, Shohei's going to want to win. You know, getting the MVP and having these stats that haven't been done since since 1930. At some point, I think the guy's competitive. Uh, he's going to want to win, or at least experience the postseason. Major League Baseball needs Shohei Ohtani in the postseason. Uh, Ohtani's game is on national TV tonight. They are taking on the Padres, another team that's kind of struggling a little bit. But they are taking on the Padres, and that will be on national TV. He is pitching as well. So you'll be able to watch him pitch and hit, which is the joy of it all because he's so dominant at both. You know, this isn't like one of these guys that have done it in the past, uh, like a Michael Fulmer... He's a pitcher, got a pinch hit appearance yesterday for the Cubs. Okay, that's kind of cool, but Michael Fulmer's not a Cy Young candidate. You know, Michael Fulmer's not also going to hit 50 home runs this year. There are some guys that can hold a bat and also throw off the mound, but nothing that we've ever seen, I mean, maybe since Babe Ruth. You know, Babe Ruth used to pitch for a little bit, but really we have not seen this uh, in baseball, and Shohei is continuing to marvel. So it's great to get some eyes on him. Maybe before you go out and, you know, blow up your neighborhood with fireworks, be careful, be careful. But this is a big, this is a big moment for the Angels here. They, they've got to hope that Mike Trout did not break his wrist because that would kind of do them in. And they've been making little trades and, you know, trying to, to build. And maybe the wrist injury isn't as bad and maybe they can still get in without Shohei. But if Mike Trout gets hurt uh, for a long period of time, the Angels are going to have a few weeks to try to determine what they're going to want to do there. I want for baseball Shohei to be in the playoffs with Mike Trout. You know, I'm not an Angels fan. I don't uh, I like Angels in the outfield. I liked it kind of better when they were the California Angels. I like that logo. Uh I kind of like that. I liked Wally Joyner back back then. But they they the Angels need to make the playoffs with Shohei Otani and with Mike Trout, and this would be a devastating This would be a devastating thing for that franchise and really for baseball, because baseball you know, he's doing a lot of good things, bringing in a lot of eyeballs. Attendance is up. Uh, TV ratings are slightly up. You know, people are interested in the sport, and there's been a lot of goodwill. You, there's been more goodwill towards this game than at any other point in the last, like, 10 years, other than when M- Rob Manfred talks. That usually brings the badwill back. And this whole A's situation is awful. Other than that, <laughs> other than that, how was the play? You know, other than that, things are going pretty good. It would just be nice if the Angels could figure out a way to make the postseason so we could see not just Mike Trout, who's been in one series, got swept, uh, but Mike Trout and Shohei at the same time in the playoff series when everybody's watching. Also, Clayton Kershaw is going on the injured list, so he's going to miss the All-Star game, which is a bummer. He will still attend it. Uh, His son wants to go to the festivities, so uh, that's a good dad gesture. Also, you know, go to the All-Star game, hang out with Some of the most famous baseball players and the best players in the world. Uh, Not too bad of a a work if you can get it. Maybe you'd like a few days off, but hey, nothing wrong with that either. So the All-Star Game too. Mike Trout, I mean, it's getting a little, I don't want to say watered down, but there are some uh, stars that are going to miss the Midsummer Classic that will be next week. Teams in action today. There's a game, first pitch about 10 minutes from now in Washington, D.C. Keep our eye on that. A lot of good day baseball today. I think they kind of screwed that up yesterday, but doing right by you today. I'm Bart Winkler, 855-212-4227, in for Bill Ryder. More coming up, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought
2: to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.